If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oye, mi gente, does your dad suffer from uncomfortable rigid and plain ugly jeans bueno then this father's day there's hope get your dad the perfect jean they're stretchy durable and super suavecito available in 13 colors six fits and a wide range of sizes finding your dad the perfect pair of jeans has never been easier so this father's day don't get dad the same old same old get him a pair of the perfect jeans and use code BIDDLE20 for 20% off your first order at theperfectgene.nyc. Because the only thing Dad will love more than a pair of these super comfortable jeans is knowing you saved money buying them. Show Dad how much you appreciate him this Father's Day by surprising him with his new favorite pair of jeans, The Perfect Gene. This is DJ. And this is Ish. And this is Season season 6 of Better Let Me Tell You. to the sound of the shore yes the shore the oh beat. that's behind us yes la playa yes la playa cuando calienta el sol aquí en la playa we are officially recording we are officially recording we are and it's officially summer yeah and welcome everybody to episode 
255, live. Of Pero Let Me Tell You, live from Huntington Beach. Or Melbourne Beach, where we're actually at. So we've been here... Uh, we've been here like a week at this point, and yeah. um, I you still don't, don't know, know where, where we're at, at yeah. which is yeah. weird because I always have a really good sense of direction. But not today. But not, not this week. Not this not week. This week, this week no. I could very well be in Perth, Australia. And <laughs> which is funny because I told you, I'm like, we're in Melbourne Beach. Think of Australia. Melbourne, right. right? But no, no, no. Well, in Australia, they don't say Melbourne. They say Melbourne. 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 Yes, yes, that is right. That I've is been right. to Australia. You I have. Know. You have. Um, so it's officially summer, everybody. How, how, how are you all in this summer? Everybody's weekend? fantastic. I'm here. We're here. We're on the beach. We're literally on the beach recording for the start of summer. And, I mean, I have my Florida dairy farmer's sunglasses on. I had milk earlier this morning and so ice cream. We are we are officially ready for beach. With, we're ready with, for beach. with dairy, yes. We're ready for beach and dairy. And dairy, yes. Yes. Because nothing goes better with beach than then, dairy. Than milkshakes and ice cream and all and the wonderful- fried chicken. What is it about <laughs> having fried chicken on the beach? Well, we don't do fried chicken pop-ups, but you can go to the pop-up that we're having this Saturday at Exit One Tap Room in Exit One, Florida City. Yes. And it's going to be our premier pop-up. We did not plan that um, that, that transition. <laughs> no, we didn't. No, we did we not. Did no, no. But it's going to be our first time at Exit One, so f- feel free to join us. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's summer. We're here yes. in beautiful Melbourne Beach. Yeah. Let's go to the beach. Beach, um, can we get a wave? And, you know, for those of you who don't know, Melbourne Beach is about three hours north of Miami. It's yep. on the east coast of Florida. Yep, 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 yep. Um, and, um, you know, obviously, we love summer. Who doesn't love summer? What are some of your favorite summer memories? I mean, the thing is that because we live in Miami, I feel like our summer memories are all just like the beach. Right. Right? Like, there's nothing. I, I, in tolera. I know. Sorry. There's nothing specific. But I, I will say, I love the fact that starting last year, you and I and all of our friends decided that we were going to do every year, we're going to do a annual friend vacation. Right. It only took 30 some years. Right. But, but better no, late than never. Better late than never. And I think it's great because that's actually why we're at Melbourne Beach right now <laughs> is because we're all just here hanging out at a house, Airbnb. Um, you know, we, we rented a uh, house that is beachfront. We've been hanging out on the beach. It's been fun. It has been fun. It's been great. Like we're a little, we're a little toasty. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. But um, you know what's really um, surprising about this beach, and have you have you been to Melbourne? Beach I had before? not. Neither had I. Is that this is like very much a beachfront community, yeah. um, and or a beach town, if you will. And there's nobody on the beach at all. Like we are the only yeah. ones on the beach, and it's not like we're in the middle of nowhere. We're there's houses all over the place yeah, yeah, yeah. here. And, I mean, we went to to a restaurant last night for dinner, and there were people the, there. The restaurant was yeah, full. It was full. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's nobody on the. So we literally have the beach all to ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And um, which so, is why I'm wearing a crop top. Oh, of course you are. As you can see, everyone. Crop top. Crop I'm not top. wearing a crop top. I'm wearing no, a t-shirt no. because I. You you actually also can't see that I'm wearing bikini brief speedo. Right, but and yes, I yes. wear I wear basketball shorts. But you know, <laughs> this is why we're DJ and Ish. We complement each other. We complement each do. other. We do. I mean, I'm not wearing a hoodie right now because then that, that would really be. No, you would it die from, from. That would really be yeah, stretching yeah, it a little yeah, bit yeah, too yeah, much. But yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. um, you know, it's funny. Some of my 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 favorite beach memories mm-hmm. um you know it's one of those things that like 
as you grow up and you you know you establish yourself and right. you're in a better income bracket hopefully than your parents who usually are the immigrants so, you know so on and so forth um hashtag growing up hispanic so i remember when i was a kid you know my parents didn't have a lot of money um like a lot of people and right. you know um when I, when I was probably like six or seven years old, that my parents had only been here at that... Well, no, I was a little older. I was probably like eight. That at that point, my parents had been here like six or seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they couldn't really afford to give us like vacations. Right, of course. And I remember that... Um, like my aunt and uncle rented, and I'll never forget the name of the hotel. It was the Vanderbilt Inn in Naples. The Vanderbilt. No, no, it wasn't like that. It was. No, it, it was almost. It was. It was an Anderson Cooper. It, no, 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 no. Okay. It, it was called the the Vanderbilt Inn in Naples, and it was actually it was a small little hotel, but it was on the beach. Right. And I remember that you know my my you know my parents again they couldn't afford to take us on vacation so we would go to like the room with my aunt and my uncle and my parents would um, r- buy esa the huadza that you have for for la piscina uh huh okay I don't know were there air mattresses in the eighties I don't remember no, air mattresses I don't in think the that 80s. was a thing no. No. And I'm thinking, like, it had to exist. I, I think of air mattresses in the late 90s. Maybe it didn't get down to Miami. I don't know. Right. But anyway, you know, the long ones, that you you know, the floating floater or whatever, yeah, yeah. floating whatever that you would put in the pool. And my mom would sleep in one. My dad would sleep in one. Uh, my brother usually would sleep, like, with a lot of towels, like, under the sink area. And because Aww. I was a kid, I think I made it onto the bed with my aunt and my uncle. But um, but it's funny because it's one of those things that like we had absolutely no money. But I think of those vacations very fondly because it was like my whole family and like there there were other people also that would you know you look forward to. We it. had other aunts and uncles that I wasn't related to <laughs> that would join us at the Vanderbilt Inn in Naples, um, as one does when you're and, an immigrant. Um, but it, but it was funny because like again, not a lot of money. <laughs> like I think that for resolvían, resolvían, and that my parents are always the type that like my mom llevaba un paquete de hot dog, of course, eh, compraba you know little snacks. No, pero espérate, we did the same thing this trip. Right, right, no, but it, but it's different, <laughs> but it's different because like, we all went to like the supermarket. Right, and right, we no, bought no, stuff. no, 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 mijito, no, we didn't go to the supermarket. When we got to Naples. My mom would bring the food from, from Miami. Miami, okay, so we could have our little snacks. Okay, okay. Y eso es lo que nosotros we comíamos during the whole trip okay i mean yesterday we went to a very nice dinner for a restaurant this is true this is restaurant true. for dinner so oceanfront yeah oceanfront that, ocean that, that yeah. wouldn't have happened yeah but it's it's funny because you know it's those memories you have as a kid that like are very very humble uh very modest and you know you think but about it very fondly it makes you appreciate what you have today right yeah the fact that we rented a house and we're right, oceanfront right, and right. all that and then right, you know yeah. which again all all generations this is very normal um, from one generation to the next, especially when you're the first generation and now you have kids and they're second generation. Like I remember last year, um, you know, I took Tristan to the Gaylord Palms in oh. Orlando, which that's a pretty that's expensive, expensive hotel. Yeah. And I remember thinking, you know, Tiki hanging on the Gaylord Palms and all this stuff. Like and no big deal. I, I spent that weekend more money than I think my ever my parents ever spent on going on vacation until I was like 15 years old. Like, you know, and, and gladly I could do it. You know, thankfully I'm in, in a situation where I could but do it. But that's the goal, but, but right? But it puts, it puts perspective that, you know, that that wasn't the case when, when we were going, when I was a kid. Right. And obviously I can in turn give my child something better. But that's the goal. But yeah. Right. So. That's the goal. Like you want to like, you, you know. Sí, pero yo también quiero que pase un poco de trabajo. <laughs> that builds character. You know what? 
I am not gonna lie, that is true. Because if they get everything handed to them on a silver platter, they don't know shit. Mm-hmm. And then they're just kinda like, whatever, this just falls from the sky, right? Yeah. So yes, I agree, yeah. I agree. So, un, un poco trabajo is you good. You know, I, and, and now that we're talking about summer, I, I, I mean, I've said this quite some time. I, I don't know, I mean, you can never say never. I can't imagine living someplace where I You've don't have the ocean this. Yes. next to me. I, I I love the ocean. I love the beach. I mean, I, I'm I know, okay with that. I know what? I'm okay with not living where the ocean is because oh, no. I can vacation there. No, no. There's just something about to me about living by the water. Because um, I don't go to the beach that often. Yeah, but you know it's there. Fair enough. But because you know it's I don't there. go that often, I feel like I could move somewhere where it's not that close and I could figure it out. Well, I mean, well, me, yes, me, me. yes. I mean, if you have to do it, you do it, right? right. I mean, it, <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. I need, I need the ocean. It's, it's being at the ocean and by the water. It's, it's my favorite thing to do. It's, it's where I feel at peace. I mean, obviously, it's fun. It's fun, and and you have a great time, hmm. especially when you go with with friends like right, we're now. Course. Um, but it's to me, it's. It's so. It's not even that it's relaxing. It's peaceful. Like I really feel zoned out. Um, for me, like even if I could go to Miami Beach with the, with five thousand people around me, and I completely zone out. It's funny you say that because I, I I think you can relate, and so can I. Growing up, like again, this weekend we came to the beach. We rented a, uh, you know a house, and but it's just us and our friends. Yes. But I feel like growing up, our parents would not have done that. With their friends. Like, they wouldn't have just been like, we're going to go out for a weekend with our friends to the beach or to Vegas. Without kids. Or, or we're at, right, right. Like a, no, like a friend trip, which is something that we have done now. This is our second year. Officially, our second year. And I feel it's so interesting that we've, well, we're, we're different in that way well, from our but, parents, but, but right? I think, I think that that depends because we're, we're children of immigrants. So, I mean, I know in your case is a little bit different because your parents were here when they were really young. They grew up here. Um, right, right. But we're, we're uh, you know, I'm a child of immigrants. My parents came as full-blown adults with Correct. a family. It's different. So my parents couldn't be like, well, I'm leaving the kids behind. But my parents never went on a friend's trip. We're going to go holiday. <laughs> right. But my friends, my, my parents never went on a trip with their friends. Right. I mean, also in our case, you know, we've been, we're all childhood friends. So right. it's different. That, that, it's a little bit different. Um the ones of us who do have children, we ha- we can accommodate the children right. to stay with whomever. So but I they're, they're... feel like growing up, that wasn't even an option. Well, like my parents would have never even been like my grandparents. They could have left us with them, right? Because they did when they went to Hawaii on their own trip. My mm-hmm. parents, my mom and my dad, went to Hawaii a couple mm-hmm. times, and it was just them on their own right. to Hawaii. I don't think it would have ever dawned on them to be like, "We're going to do a friends trip. Let's leave them with their abuelos." You know, it just it just wasn't a, the friend trip concept. I don't think was a thing. And again, my parents grew up here, so right. your parents came in here as adults. Well, but but did mine your parents, were, were kids. Did your parents have a set of friends that were like my mother to family? this day has friends that are like well, no, my sister's godparents are my mother's friends from like from middle my, school and high right, school. Right. So yes, yes, they have that that amita, but it was not a thing. She's not me. <laughs> <laughs> and she Ugh. never will be. That song live is so annoying. Speaking of live, so <laughs> something I wanted to bring up. Um, I think we had As talked we about it in the in in the show before, but I wanted to bring bring up now because uh-huh. it's it's a little bit more evolved. So you know, usually the summer is when when singers go on concert tours. Yes, absolutely. Um, they start the concert tours. Um, 
you know. Hey, pass me some water because I am so parched. My boy Abel, the weekend is starting the European leg of his after hours till uh, dawn tour. Um, and I'm super jealous because the stage is even more badass than it was in the US leg. But whatever, I've already seen the show. But the big, the big two, I, I would say big two tours going on this summer, despite the fact that Madonna is touring and so is Janet Jackson, yep. the big two tours. And Taylor. <laughs> the big two tours going on are Taylor Swift and Beyonce. Yes. And and you know the the fandom and and the you know just demand for these concert tickets has been unparalleled like anything before mm -hmm. and i was reading earlier today that beyonce tickets added to the inflation rate in sweden wait what yeah because the thing is so there it, it's all connected okay so because she had, I think she opened up the Renaissance tour in Sweden. Yes. There were a lot of, not only people that were locals who bought the, who went to the show, but what's happening is that a lot of Americans, it is cheaper for them to fly to Europe, mm -hmm. rent a hotel and get the tickets than buying the tickets here in the US. Really? Yeah, because her tickets in Europe, because it's not Ticketmaster, they're pretty much at face oh, value. So okay. I, I was reading on in the news story that I wrote, I was reading this girl who, she paid $360. That's nothing. To be in the inner circle, like the pit. Floor seats. The inner circle, like Beyonce stage, it's on the floor, there's a circle, okay. and then there's a B stage in the middle. She's inside the circle, so she couldn't get any closer. Okay. And they were $360, because um, they're face value, and All that's right. how much you pay. And she said, I got my airline through my points, I got a cheap hotel, and it was cheaper for me to go to Europe, see her there with floor seats, than if I would have gotten an average seat to see her in her case in Texas. I believe it. Texas. I believe because it. I, I actually looked up a Beyonce tickets for like the closest show here mm -hmm. in Miami. Well, in back in Miami. Um, and to, I was just like curious. I'm like, yeah. Uh, you know, how Shits much? and giggles. Like in the 400 section in the stadium, they were like Which 16, is upper. It's like the nosebleed, especially right. in a stadium. Right. You, what you see is a dot, right? They were like $1,400. Yeah, in resale. And the same thing with Taylor Swift. Like, there's people who are, like, ca like taking money out of credit cards and all this stuff. That's ridiculous. To, to, and, and you know what, though? Look, the, the tickets are in the thousands it's ridiculous. at this point. But here's my thing. I don't criticize people of doing that that do it because, you know what? I'm a really big fan of a lot of people. And to me, to me going to a... I mean, tampoco, I'm not going to pay $5,000 to see someone. But... You know, I've I've been to concerts where I've spent heavy money that I'm like I, I don't even want to look at the credit card receipt, <laughs> but I'm like let's do it. <laughs> like um, it's a it's a because I, I get it, I get it. When you really like someone and you, they're at like at the peak of their game in terms of popularity and touring and all that, you want to be there, you want to experience right, that. Right. So I totally get the people that are like spending this money to see whether it's Beyonce or Taylor Swift. What I just have a really big problem with, and we've talked about this before, and I have been ringing that alarm for years, is the whole Ticketmaster bullshit. Yeah. You know, and it's here in the United States. It really is, It right? really is. You know, these convenience fees and all this type the of stuff. Inconvenience and the, fees. And the fact that, you know, they can't get their shit together, that you, you know, the system always crashes and all that. Now yeah. they don't even give you a paper ticket. So there's no, there's, it's it's all electronic, and yet it's yeah. more expensive than ever, than ever. And you know what? It's totally unfair because there's so many not even us kids 
people that are like because we can afford teenagers. it theoretically. No, yeah. no, but but it's not even whether you could afford it. No, or no, not. but I'm saying, but it's not but, you, but but the fan base. But there's right? people who can't. There's people who can't. And you know what? If if you are a, a kid, a teenager that grew up listening to yeah. these singers, you know, and and you obviously can't go to the concert yet by yourself, so a parent has to at minimum go with you, right? Right. And if you have a sibling, you know, you're gonna take the sibling. You know, not everybody has thousands up. of dollars to go spend on a concert and it's a real shame because there's people who are real fans who are like want to enjoy this artist and can't because of the freaking bureaucracy bureaucracy of Ticketmaster and all this crap and yeah. it, it, well the the current administration wants to pass an act where they will with the fees Right, curtail. Right, that were either. I, I, I don't know the specifics of the acts of the act, but they want to pass an act where, you know, ticket mastering minimize some form. Yeah, because it's ridiculous. And then what happens now? Allegedly, Ticketmaster has some type of technology where you, you know, scalpers can't buy the tickets. Well, Bullshit. Well, apparently, it's not Bullshit. working very well because in Ticketmaster, like literally five minutes after a yeah. concert goes on sale, on sale, it sells out. And then it's when a resale. Log in, the login on a few hours later, everything's on resale. Yeah. So the the technology's not working. Yeah. It's not. It's it. it what they're saying is not what's happening, basically. Um, no, I agree with you. I think, again, as I call it, the inconvenience fee of Ticketmaster. Because it's like, you know what? No. It's not like before where it was like, oh, I'm going to buy it online because I don't want to go make the line at Ricky's Records. Right? That's not an option anymore. There is no... no. What a throwback. If you're from right. Miami, if you know, you know Ricky's record. There is no record store anymore to go buy it at, right? So there is... It's not a convenience fee. It's literally just the way it is. Yes, theoretically, you can go buy it at the uh, at the stadium or the arena or whatever. But let's be realistic. These things happen during the work week. Yeah. You cannot go there. So it's not a convenience fee anymore in the way that it used to be. Right. You know, and, and so, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Like, they need to do something about it because it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, one of the most exciting days, I remember my mom taking me to Trax, a uh, music store in town and country. Before it became Blockbuster? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. Trax. Yeah. To buy tickets for Mariah Carey's Music Box Tour. And I remember they had the binder with the arena. Yes. And then you would pick the tickets that you wanted. Yes. And I and I remember them printing out the tickets, and I remember holding the ticket, Mariah Carey Music Box Tour, and I was like, "Oh my yeah. God, I'm yeah. going to see her live! Like, I am going yeah. to see this woman live." I was probably, yeah. I don't know, thirteen. Um, but yeah, it was. Yeah. Remember the ten minutes I worked for Specs? Yeah, and it was that like people would still come in. And no, they, and you and worked they, for tech, for specs in the two thousands, right? Believe. But there was still that element of people coming in, and like I had the binder, and I would show them where the the, the tickets were, and they would pick, and it, it, there was something exciting about that, right? Yeah. yeah you know what? Absolutely. You know what? Here that we're in the beach now, you know what I feel we need to sing. It's a cruel, cruel, cruel summer. Leaving me here on my own. Yes. It's a cruel, it's a cruel, cruel summer. Now you're gone. You're not the only one. It's a cruel. But it's not cruel because we're here together. Yeah, you know what though? I have to say about about that song. Obviously, I love the original by have Bananarama. You, have you seen season two of a Cruel Summer? No, I haven't. Okay. 
I haven't seen season two because I liked season one, and I'm like, why do they need to do a season two? But, but I know it, it's a whole different. It's thing. a whole different. It's an anthology situation. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. "Cruel Summer," the song. I remember. I mean, I love the original by Bananarama. Yeah. I love it, but I have to tell you, the Ace of Base remix. It's slaps. close. It, it, it slaps. It's, 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 good. it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's, a, it's good. I'm not gonna say it's better, so don't come at me, people. It, but it's different. But it's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I love? That by the time Cruel Summer by Ace of Base came out, that's was a when, while. when the blonde Lynn was totally over Ace of Base. Oh, yeah. And um, in the video, she comes out in the background, blurred, sitting on a chair. Because she wasn't singing anymore. She still sang, but she didn't want to be part of the group. Oh, I thought she wasn't singing anymore. No, no. Let me tell you something. Ace of Base, I don't care what anybody says. Ace Bring of Base. It. Bring it. Ace of Base was freaking awesome. They and were. I will, and I will fight you on that because I mean, listen, if you didn't like the sign, the sign was such a good song. It just means you're a communist. <laughs> I'm the, sorry. The it sign is. was such a good song. I, I loved that one. Oh yeah, and Living in Danger. <gasps> I see lies in the eyes, eyes of, of a stranger. stranger. You've been living in oh. danger. That was such a great song. That whole album. It was a great album. The sign Overall. of the U.S. or Happy Nation Worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> and even It's a Beautiful Life was good. That's such a good song. Yeah. In and of itself. Ace of Bass was awesome. It, it I feel was, like Ace of Bass should have gotten more time than it got. Because it could have been it it could have been the nineties ABBA, mm-hmm. but I feel like it was cut short because Lynn wanted to leave the group. Damn it, Lynn! <laughs> you remember we saw Ace of Bass live? Wait, we did. We did at the Jingle Ball. Oh fuck! I forgot. But but it was with Je- it was with the other one. It was with, with, with Jen. Yeah, with Jenny and the other yeah. the, the two guys. And the two guys. Were named Buddha and Joker. Coño, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you are good. Well, I have a good Shit. memory. Buddha and Joker. He has a very good memory. That's like if I tell you Klaus and Soreen and Lene. Aqua. 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 <laughs> and and you know what? I feel that everybody should know who Klaus, Serene, and Lene is because their names come out in the Barbie Girl video. Yes. <laughs> but not everybody had the box. Yeah, but the Barbie Girl video was on MTV. Was it really? Yes. I don't know because I always saw it on the box. That was an international. I, no, I know, but I always saw it on the box. I feel like yeah. I got my fill of them on the box. Okay, so why aren't they using that song in the music? They in the- kind of are. So movie. here's the thing. The, Mattel sued Aqua. Back in the day. Yeah, back in the day. So that may be why they're not using the song proper. But they are using like a remix or a rap version of it for the song. For, for the movie. Sorry. You know what? That song. Oh, he lost the top. I'm wearing the crop top and he lost the top of his, uh, his, his, his God, thermos. That's, that's a double entendre. Anyway, um, I feel that that song, Barbie Girl... Mm-hmm. That song has never really died. At all. At all. Because, like, I have a friend of mine whose daughter is, like, in her late 20s who loves that song. And, like, she told me, oh, that song was in her 15s. And I'm like, <gasps> I started doing the math. I'm like, okay. Her that was, 15s, like, 10 years ago. Her, yeah, but but 10 years ago, but many years after the right, original right, came right, out. Right, right, right. Right? And my kid and his friends love that song. Or they really? know the song. Yeah, they know the song. Wow. And that song is used in memes. Oh, which for sure. that's what all kids are about today. And it's like, who would have ever thought that Barbie Girl by Aqua would have had, would have had that longevity? That, like, staying power. Yeah, for in sure. one way or another, right? I'm not saying that it's remembered for being, you know... A great st- song. For, right, for right. Being, you know, it's not Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> like... <laughs> 
but somehow Barbie Girl has, you know, stood the test of time. Stood the test of time. Yes, yes, y yes. una película that they had more of the making promotion of than the this Barbie movie. Yes, and uh, I am gonna go see it in July. I'm here for it. Well, when you go see it, you could talk about it. I will. I will. I'll pass. I will let you know all about. It. Me and my sister are gonna go see it. I'll pass. I'll, I'll yes. I'll let you know. I mean, that's one of those things that, like, if it's a big hit, maybe one day when it's on streaming, I'll be like, Meh. yeah. But no, I, I, I love Barbie. I follow Barbie style on Instagram because nobody's gonna tell me that Barbie is not a real person. Yeah. Because that Instagram, she's like doing things that I do on a yeah. daily basis. I used to rip off Barbie's head, my cousin's Barbie dolls, and that head is, to put them in the microwave. That is why he is not gonna go see the movie. No. 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 So I wanted to bring something up. You know, this week we've had a lot of uh, newsworthy things. We've had, you know, um, there's been the indictment of Donald Trump. Yes. There has been the mayor of Miami announcing his candidacy for president. Botalita president. Yeah. <laughs> to quote, we got to give credit to quote Billy, Billy, Billy Corbin. Corbin. Yes. I was about to say Billy Piper. No, no, <laughs> Billy Piper would not have said that, no. But I wanted to bring something up, and I want to, it's going to be a little lengthy, but I wanted to read it because our friend, Andrew Tasso, um, Miami creation myth, for those of you who don't know. About Cubans and Democrats? Yes, by the book. It's phenomenal. But he wrote a whole spiel um, called Democrats Have a Cuban Problem. They do. And I want to read I want to read it, if, if, if I will. Yeah. It, it's lengthy. but I've read it. But go with me. Um, <laughs> it's actually 187,006 uh, problems, or how many more Cuban Americans are registered as Republicans rather than Democrats in Florida? 53% are registered Republican, 26% are Democrats, 21% independent. But it wasn't always so. In 2016, Trump only won about half of Florida's Cuban vote. In 2020, he took 55% of it, helping even Democrats' margin in Miami-Dade County, a previously liberal bastion that counterbalanced Ruby Red Central and Northern Florida, and guaranteeing Republicans' supermajority in the state legislature and claim to all 29 of Florida's electoral college votes. This, I don't need to remind Democrats, led to three gut-wrenching days which the entire country waited while Georgia, Arizona, and Pennsylvania declined, decided the election for Biden by razor-thin margins. So why did Democrats steadily lose ground among Cuban Americans? Some liberal commentators fault Cuban Americans themselves. Perhaps they're too racist, too insular, too unempathetic of other minorities' issues or and or too susceptible to misinformation. As a satirist and member of South Florida's Cuban-American community, I've taken it to task innumerable times and, believe me, reaped a whirlwind of backlash and as a result. However, chalking up Democrats' losses to innate ethnographic deficiencies is short-sighted, prejudiced, and ignores how America's quote-unquote big tent party fundamentally fails to understand or effectively communicate with Cuban Americans. A continuation of this dismissive viewpoint guarantees Republicans' grip on the community and the state of Florida, endangering Democrats' national aspirations for decades to come. For decades to come. Let's start with what should be the easy stuff but remains one of the Democratic Party's most glaring shortcomings. Democrats need to stop rewriting, reframing, and repurposing Cuban American history. For the love of God, Ted Kennedy, or whatever cosmic entity or liberal icon you worship, listen to us when we recount our experiences. Democrats' indiscretions can be as blatant as openly lionizing Che Guevara and Fidel Castro, 
or can take more subtle forms, such as praising Cuba's healthcare, supposed racial equality, or educational system. These actions have been per perpetrated by many Democratic thought leaders, including Bernie Sanders, Karen Bass, and Barbara Lee. Just as tellingly, the party tends to fall silent when Cubans on the island demand social and political change, as occurred during the 2020 San Isidro movement. They're wrong. This piece's purpose is not to dismantle erroneous notions about Cuban history. It simply serves as a reminder that readers should check their privilege and not ignore the very real trauma my community, our community, has and continues to live because it might not fit sophomoric understanding of Caribbean geopolitics. I've been called all manner of other pejoratives by Republicans, but only Democrats stopped me cold while retelling my family's flight from Absolutely. Cuba to quote-unquote correct me on what quote-unquote actually happened. The latter experiences, excuse me, uh, the latter experiences were exponentially more galling than the former. You can't begin a conversation, much less foster a modicum of trust without first establishing the validity of a community's experiences. Those who refuse to understand the first section should stop reading and close the tab because the rest of the piece will be a wash. Republicans made impressive inroads in Cuban-American communities because the Democrats seeded the field. Let's examine a telling case. In 2016, Trump received 50% of the vote in Hialeah, the most heavily Cuban of the municipality in the United States. In 2020, his share jumped to 66%. Mm -hmm. yeah, Why? He's keep right. Why? Latinos for Trump officially set up shop in South Florida in June mm -hmm. 2019. However... Led by Cuban-American fascist and Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio, Trump's grassroots stakes were planted in Miami-Dade County as early as 2016, three years before. Mm -hmm. A constellation of unaffiliated but interconnected conservative and far-right nonprofits, influencers, radio personalities, and political operatives and organizations mounted an enormous, sustained social and traditional media campaign targeting Cuban-Americans and other Latinos. They blasted non-stop conservative talking points and misinformation on YouTube, WhatsApp, Facebook, and Spanish radio and TV. Meanwhile, Democrats, Democratic messaging made nary a peep. Hialeah has the highest rate of Obamacare in, in the country. Yeah, enrollees in the country. Democrats could have implemented a concerted messaging campaign on how their signature legislative success of the past 15 years betters the lives of Hialeah's residents. But they didn't. They didn't. As you said, they didn't. Instead, they wrote the city off as a conservative bastion and largely forgot about it until two months before the 2020 presidential election, at which point they launched a get-out-the-vote drive. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more here. But, you know, I, I feel like that's a, that's a, I, I've given a lot, like, I mean, there's, there's two parts to this post. I feel like I've given a big, broad statement of basically, and it's something I've told you before, where just from a I didn't know we were going to get political today on episode 250. We're by the beach. It's been political this week. You know, why not? Um, you know, but the thing is, the reality, if you think about it, again, I'm looking at it not from a political perspective, but from a marketing perspective. If I want a new brand, right, to succeed, 
I can't start two months before my my numbers no. are due. So so there's a, I can't. there's a lot to unpack. I can't. There. There's a lot to unpack there. First of all, the piece written by Andrew Otasso, like everything Andrew does, is amazing. Phenomenal. It's perfect. And he is. It, it encapsulates exactly and what then the, some what the issue is so i mean andrew we're a big fan of andrew um andrew always hits the nail on the head yep. and this is um no you know this is no it, different no different it's great work on his mm-hmm. part um but you know as many people who uh listen to the podcast know i work in democratic politics and i've done many election rounds working for the party working in coordinated campaigns working um, on the field, uh, doing different things. And it just, I mean, again, he hit the nail on the head there. There's a lot to deconstruct in that. Um... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. The part that upsets me the most um, is where he states, and this is something that we have talked about the, the most, about how many people who are, unfortunately, on the Democrat side or left to, left of center want to rewrite Cuban history. Yeah. Right? Um, We've said that many times on this they show. Want to, they, they want to rewrite Cuban history, and they want to, they want to talk about certain so-called accomplishments of the Cuban government to fit their narrative as to whatever their values are. So they want to say that socialism in Cuba led to great education. Literacy. Led to great it's all le- about literacy. Le- le- let, me, let me get this out. Sorry, first. sorry. Uh, they want to make a point that um, literacy in Cuba is high because of the socialist government. Education is high because of the socialist government. Everybody has freedom of health care um, and everybody has access to health care because of the socialist government. That there is no racism in Cuba because of the socialist government and on and on and on and on. And what happens is that a lot of people here unfortunately on the left side of the spectrum use those talking points that the communist government has used time and time again as propaganda 
as Say it they again? use it, they use they use <laughs> those talking points to further their narrative here in the U.S. and to build their narrative, whatever that may be. And unfortunately, you are not only rewriting Cuban history, but you are erasing the trauma of generations of people. And and and, and the Cuban trauma, as we've discussed in two hundred and fifty <laughs> some episodes, is a very real thing. Because you know, I uh, uh, fortunately I only was in Cuba one year, but I I have secondhand trauma from my family and my friend and, and you know everybody Absolutely. around me and my community around me uh you know of uh, uh one of our very good friends here his father was a political prisoner and yeah. actually this morning he was talking to me about it his father was a political prisoner and was in um, tortured in in jail in cuba for over 10 years and that case is a very 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 common uh those, those are common stories you hear he, within the he, community he's not the exception he's right he's not the exception and those are those are stories that you hear all the time so in order for you to erase that in order to fulfill your narrative is not only dangerous in terms of that you are whitewashing history but it's also disingenuous and will get you no political points among this community furthermore one of the things uh, again with that with that aspect that I, I remember I I sort of heard in 2020 when a, a July 11th happened was I can't tell you how many people or influencers or just people online I saw saying well uh, of course you know the white people in Cuba uh, didn't want social uh, communism and socialism because you know Castro came uh, to you know get rid of their slaves. And I'm like, there were no I'm like, I'm like, we're for uh, that, that, that statement is so offensive in so many levels, in so many levels. First of all, slavery had been outlawed in Cuba more or, or, or around the time that it was outlawed, outlawed here in the United States. Secondly, yes, there were many, many right, white rich people in in cuba there like were. anywhere else there were and there was a ton of corruption under the batista government there was and it was very much a a, a situation of the have and have nots but but in saying that not only are you spreading a false narrative that people that were white in cuba had servants which was not the case i mean my parents lived in a house with dirt floor <laughs> until yeah. they came to the united states but it's further erasing the fact that Afro-Cubanos still, um, still experienced a ton of discrimination in, in Cuba. And things in Cuba are, is, Cuba is not the equitable, racial equitable paradise that many people that, you know, side with the socialist and communist government of Castro think they are. And I would love to have, as we've had many times, people that are Afro-Cubano on the show. I would love for them to come and, and say that because I also don't like to speak on behalf of other Correct. people and take spaces that are not mine. Fair enough. But, but we can speak that Afro-Cubanos... In, on July 11th, right? They were the ones who they predominantly were the started the Correct. July 11th the movement. The Sunny Isidro movement. movement. Right. right. So you, you're showing your, you, you right. are showing your ignorance right. by saying, oh, it's white people when it's, they are the that, ones who started the movement. That, so that's a problem. That, that there's two, there's two, the problem is twofold. That's a problem within people that are, on the left, not not, and when I mean on the left, I don't mean left of center. I mean like far in, left. more in the fringes, right? That are out there. Again, the vocal but, left. But within within now, we're talking about the party, and just the 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 politics of politics, the the business of politics, and we've said this. You know, th these are things that we've talked about before Ad many nauseum. times on the show. 
if you're if you are in politics and you're a Democrat and you're coming to Miami, you cannot refer not only to the Cuban community, to anyone, you cannot refer to us as Latinx. That is not that's the bare minimum. That that, that is not a whatever your opinion on that word may be, that is not a term that it is means used nothing to us or accepted in South Florida. Not only by the Cuban community, about from all latin communities it's just not and i know some people want to die on that hill over that word and you know what maybe you have a good argument in certain places but in south florida you that word gets you nowhere so as a you know as somebody who's running for office you cannot come into this community and use that term or use terms that are not applicable to the community they don't resonate and 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 i'm gonna go further which he mentions there you know, this whole, like, wet dream that so many people have about, you know, education and literacy rate in Cuba. Let me remind people that in Cuba, <laughs> the literacy rate may be high. People can't read, but they can only read what the government tells them Thank they can read. Thank you. Thank right? you. And if they read something that is not allowed by the government, they have to do it, you know. Clandestino. Clandestino. Abajo de la mesa. Nobody, you know. Right. Books there. You know, you don't want to talk about banned books. You want to talk yeah. about banned books? Let's talk about Cuba for let's, a minute. Let's have right? it. Let's yeah. talk about Cuba for yeah. a minute. And th that is where you lose a lot of people so when for example in 2020 20. when bernie sanders came out and said the whole thing of well you know the literacy rate in cuba uh after the revolution it, it went up you you can't deny that no you you fair enough you, you can't you but you as a democrat you need to come out unequivocally and call him out right. and be like listen bernie sanders Everybody we're, can we're, read. We're not going to have a conversation here about literacy because this is a regime and a totalitarian government that has killed thousands of people. So please do not sit there and, and tell me tell everybody me, can read and tell me about pinpoint this and this and this as to right. what the communist government did. Because you know what? Nobody is sitting there saying, well, you know, the Nazis created the highway system. Right. right? <laughs> you know, nobody is saying that because uh -huh. because it's a horrible thing to say. Right. Because when you have a villain and you have a, a murderous regime and you right. have a group of people that have done what, you know, what they have done. the Nazis or, you know, the Castro regime has done that have killed thousands of people, right? You, you don't sit there and go, well, you know, they're bad, but there's not a but. No, there's, there's no not but. a but. There's no asterisk. There's not a but. And, you know, and also the, you know, the whole Che Guevara wet dream, that's another thing that, you know, it loses a lot of people. And unless you unequivocally call that Which, out. Which, by the way, you Che Guevara call was that a out, racist no, and a homophobe. It is. But, but, again, people, people have changed. People change history in order to fi fulfill their narrative. Right. Because what do I say over and over and over again, and I'll say it one more time, when I talk to people who defend socialism and defend communism and start talking about all the things about Cuba and all that, when you sit down and talk to them and you deconstruct it, it comes down to at the, embargo. the end of the day, no, not even the embargo, at the end of the day, They'll tell you no because uh, communist in, communism in Cuba, you know, it was he wanted to make it equitable for everybody and enhance, you know, uh, eventually access to healthcare, the enhance, enhance uh, all, the, literacy, all the arguments whatever. they make, literacy, all the arguments they make. When you talk to people who defend that, at the end of the day, when you de deconstruct that argument, it comes down to a grievance they have right. against the United States. Right. Always. 
always, it doesn't fail. fail. It doesn't fail. They'll tell you, yeah, but in the U.S. this. Yeah, but in the U.S. that. Oh, yeah, but that's look at what, what we're we talking have about. now. That's not what we're talking about. You know what? This is not a competition to, to, to see what's worse. Who's worse. Right? right? To see what's what's more unfair. Right. So, you know, that that's something that I, as working in politics, I've said many, many times that we need to do a much better job at outreach. Outreach doesn't. And I even put that on my Twitter. Like, yeah. Um, and my Twitter at the end of the um, the, the election now in 2022, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I put, you know, because we had Democrats were blown out of the water in Florida. And I said it on my Twitter. I said 2024 starts today because it wasn't only with Cubans. It was also with Puerto Ricans. Oh, really? Puerto Ricans voted for DeSantis at much higher numbers this time around than they did before. Oh, wow. It wasn't just Cubans. So what's that telling you? That's telling you that the message that the Democrats yeah. are selling in Florida is not reaching is any not Latino. reaching any Latino. Right. And that's a and that, that that if you read the rest of of Andrew's, um, you know, uh, dissertation, he says that he's like, as Cubans go, so do Latinos. Yeah. So it, it, it's not just Cubans. If you do not pay attention to what you're doing to Cubans, eventually it's the Puerto Ricans, it's the Venezuelans, it's the Colombians. It's, you know, it, it, it will have a bigger reach than what you think it will. Mm-hmm. You need to invest in infrastructure insofar as radio, social media, having a presence in the community. Local messaging. Because you have to understand, and again, I say this from a marketing perspective, you have to understand how... Miami is different than LA, is different than Chicago, is different right. than New York. You, you need to I, invest in local infrastructure in terms of having people on the ground mm-hmm. with a presence, with an office, with social media, with yeah. communications, in addition to calling out immediately. See, because the problem is that what happens? A lot of these candidates, they are afraid to call out certain things because they don't want to lose. They the, don't want to yeah. lose then that part of the party. Right. 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 So then what happens? They use that against, the, you know, against the, uh, the Republicans use that against. Let me tell you something. Somebody, Kevin, uh, Karen Bass, mm-hmm. who is the current. Um, I think she's the governor. She's the mayor of L.A. now. She she just got was she the mayor of L.A.? She she's she's up there in California politics. She. To quote any Cuban off the street, es tremenda comunista. <laughs> like, or, or says things. I mean, I'm not going to say she's a communist. I, I don't want to do that. Because she can be interpreted. She, when a Fidel Castro died, she tweeted, a, rest in power, mi comandante. Cruji. La raya y la cruz. And she actually, when she was young, she went to Cuba to no sé qué and whatever. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, and here, here I'm going to sound like a lot of people in our community. No, I'm sorry. Bring it. But if somebody who is an American elected official would have said that. About Marx? About, about Hitler? About anybody Stalin. else. About North Korea. About Putin, right. uh, anyone. Se hubiera acabado el mundo. Right. Right? But a major elected official in California put, rest in peace, mi comandante. Rest in power. Rest in power. 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 Mi comandante. It's like, oh, no. So I, if I would have been an elected official, obviously for the Democratic Party, I would have been like, at Karen Bass. (laughs) I would have been like. (laughs) No. No. This is the way this is going to (laughs) go. Respectfully, a Cuban American. (laughs) Right. Right. Again, it's it's a thing we've 
talked about so many times here ad nauseum, which is just like, it feels as if though Cuba is this like anomaly mm-hmm. where it's like, if this were to happen literally anywhere else in the world, you would, like you said, you would never say rest in power Putin. Right. Rest in power uh, Kim Jong-un. Right. Like, but if when, when Castro dies, it's, it, it's almost like trendy. It is, I think... It's, it's almost me. fashionable. It's just me. And this is coming from somebody who identifies as a liberal and as a, a Democrat. I mean, I work in Democratic policies. I think it's unacceptable for an American elected official to say rest in power or, I mean, maybe I'm paraphrasing, but she did tweet. She did tweet uh, about Fidel Castro's death. Rest in power, mi comandante. Right? Karen Bass. Mm-hmm. It is unacceptable for an American politician to say that about a murderous dictator and for people to just be like, okay, not say anything, yeah, not say anything. Because that, if that would have happened, as I said, with any other dictator, people would have rightfully so been screaming bloody murder. So that goes with the double, you know, the double standard with Cubans for whatever or reason. with the Cuban matter yeah. that, you know. Again, you know, you know what's so interesting about this is that a simple Wikipedia entry about Che Guevara yeah. will tell you that he murdered thousands of people. Yeah. Like this is not he's not a good person. This is not something that's up for the debate. It's also not up for debate that he was extremely homophobic and racist and racist. He made many, 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 um, many uh, statements Declarations, against yeah. people of color. Like this is not a secret. Like this is out there, and somehow. Somehow, they've rewritten. they've rewritten the history of this man. You know, even the famous picture of him? The is, one that's on the shirts? That's not, that's not the real picture. It is the real picture, but it's doctored. Okay. His eyes were doctored to make it look like more of a visionary. If if you, you could look up the original picture, and it's a little bit different. All these are things that were changed to fulfill other people's narratives. Whatever against is, grievances yeah. they have against the, the US. US, against capitalism, whatsoever. So you are using the trauma... And the history of, of our people to fulfill your political narrative. And as I said, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable that a, a an elected she could say whatever she wants, right? But that doesn't mean that it's we right. We need to hold her accountable. Right. She needs to be held accountable right. that she said, "Rest in power, mi comandante," a man that murdered thousands of people and have had millions of people exile a country and have trauma that is very, very real for not. And that being is aligned. that is where people. People within my party, and this is where I take accountability for my party, where people in my party need to stand up and unequivocally denounce right. that as Democrats, yeah. we are not socialists, we're not communists. And you fuck know, that. And anybody that who is, anybody that is a Democrat that identifies that way, that may be your identification, but that not is a, You're not the majority. That's not a widespread uh, opinion or stance of the party at large. So that's my, uh, no. that's, thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you. And I think, you know, again, it's like I said earlier, you know, which is one of those things where it's like, why is it that Cuba kind of gets the free pass, right? The hall yeah. pass, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Of like, well, North Korea, we're all against that. But Cuba, yeah. it's okay. Wait, no, let's move right along. <laughs> and we talked about this last week. You know what I would totally go for now that we're here outside? What? I would go right now for like a kick-ass mango smoothie. Well, I have mangoes in the house. No, you brought mangoes. I brought mangoes. You brought the mango. I did. You brought the mango. I did. I have I'm to tell Miami you boy. I brought that mangoes. say what you ever will about Florida. That is something that is 
It's so <laughs> unique to us, and it's so great that during mango season, you just have mangoes everywhere. We had mangoes in the ocean. Yeah, you just have mangoes everywhere. Mangoes are a beautiful thing. They are wonderful. Who I doesn't th- like mangoes? I think you should come up with a mango flavor for bimbam pollo. Okay, well. I don't know what it's going to be, but I feel like you should. Mangolicious. <laughs> All right, Fergie. <laughs> what is Fergie doing nowadays? I think she's just kind of hanging out, you know. Just hanging out? Yeah, she earned enough from, from her Fergalicious and her yeah, Fergie thinking line. thinking on how maybe she should have jo- rejoined the Black Eyed Peas? Maybe. I don't because know. Because that comeback didn't go the way no, exactly it did not. she wanted. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. It happens to the best of them, Fergie. Don't feel too bad. Yes. So I wanted to bring something up really quick because I know we're running on time. Um, or, or, you know, running on time. Um, but I did want to bring something up that I found uh, on Instagram this week so there is a new trend that is booming in china mm-hmm. i don't know if you heard about this. china china people are eating what they describe as quote-unquote white people food people in china are eating white people food okay yes so what they're doing is so i'm going I'm to go ahead and read this this type of cuisine is a apparently imitation of what europeans eat for lunch and is it meant to be offensive necessarily a lot of the meals consist of salads Boiled eggs, chicken breast, sliced ham, and fruit per the South China Morning Post. However, these kinds of lunches have proven to be torturous for people of China. And apparently, the trend is connected to the country's 996 work culture, where employees work from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. for six days a week. People have been sharing um, the kinds of lunches that have proven to be torturous for people in China. A lot of them look, honestly, like, um, like Lunchables more or less Mm -hmm. so they're saying it's so confusing and outrageous to eat it's so lawless and outrageous they also called white people food the quote-unquote lunch of suffering and then this is my favorite quote another user wrote while trying crackers cheese and ham again very lunchables very lunchables they said quote the point of white people's meal is to learn what it feels like to be dead but i've taken two bites and it was so bad it made me realize how alive I am. End quote. <laughs> well. <laughs> and I thought that was interesting because, again, a lot of times we talk about, again, we, we live in that 100-100 world, right? Where we're like 100% American, 100% Cuban, right? And we talk about how, like, you know, we like the spices. And, and especially with Mimampoyo, you know, you, you're very big on, like, the culinary element of it all and this and that. But it's, like, it's, it's fascinating to me that, like, China... Right. Is saying how spiceless, how, how lacking of well, flavor well, but, the typical quote unquote European white person. Well, okay, food because is. you have you have to think about it. You have to think about flavor profiles. Because whether it's Latin America, North America, or even Europe, our foods are very, very different. Very. But they're very similar insofar that we use it, we eat chicken and beef right. and pork but it's and, a seasoning and 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 all that well but but it, it is the seasoning because obviously latin america uses very different seasoning than you know norway um but even even it's more of like a west coast east coast thing east, <laughs> eastern eastern cuisine or say the more asian countries have a completely different Absolutely. flavor profile yeah. than the more western european or american mm-hmm. um countries uh or cuisine and you know obviously as somebody from you know america who's american um i uh there's certain things that they eat in asian countries that i would never ever 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 eat especially things that are fermented like i don't do fermented 
I barely do pickled, let That's alone true. That's let true. alone fermented. That's true. Darian doesn't. DJ doesn't do fermented. He'll <laughs> do like a for like a pickled onion. I'll do a pickled onion. Right, but right, but that's right. I won't do a pickle. <laughs> right, I'll eat a pickled that's onion, so but true. not a pickle. But not a pickle. Um, yeah, they ferment a lot of things, and I watch it. I'm like, I wouldn't eat that if you paid nada him. en este mundo. But it, you know, obviously, that's very customary for them. Right. So I could see how they are so you know just see it from the point of view how many people that are Western try Eastern but, certain Eastern but, foods and are like, how can anybody eat this? But Cubans, when they taste like American food, eso no tiene sabor a nada. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But I'm saying, like, even let, let's bring it down to us, right? Right, right. But but what I'm saying is that in Western food in Western cuisine. Yeah, there's a different flavor profile in terms of spices. With Eastern cuisine, it's just different. They eat different things. Right. Their proteins are completely different. Right. You don't you don't go to Costco and and buy you know, ten pounds of chicken breast in China. Right. It's it's very very different. So right. I could see how they're kind of like, you know, and especially like if if you think about it, like, un embutido, cold cuts. <laughs> I used such a that was such a word, word. embutido. Un embutido. Yeah. A cold cut. Right. If you think about it, it's kinda like okay, I have roasted turkey, but it's not roasted turkey. It's just there. I, this yeah. went through a process and it's that cold ended up being right. roasted turkey. Right, 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 right. So, you know, it's all relative. It's it's right. it's all relative. Um I mean look, I I I love Asian cuisine and but I admit that the Asian cuisine I like is probably Americanized Asian cuisine. Fair, fair. Um, I, I I love sushi. Heck, we built a, um, a we built a chicken wings uh, company business on a Korean wing. This is true. So, this but, is true. This is true. But I love me some boba. You do like boba. I don't like boba. Well, you know, boba doesn't like you. I you know that's fair. We had a conversation. Me and boba. You and boba. Me and boba. You didn't figure it out. No, it's because I, I appreciate tapioca, but not in a bubble. <laughs> not in a bubble. Yeah, not in a you bubble. You want it in a jello cup. I like it in like a compota. In a... <laughs> compota is such a great word. It is such a great word. Compota. Yeah. El niño va a comer compota. Yeah. Yeah, because to say you're gonna have baby food isn't the same as okay. compota. Do you know what was literally my jam? Banana. They don't make it anymore. Banana compota. The compota, the Hawaiian delight <gasps> Gerber. It's so good. It is so good. So good. Mira, you put it in the fridge really, really cold. Just, you just, oh, oh my God. Yes. Hawaiian Delight. Yes. Dear Gerber, bring it back. Bring back the Hawaiian Delight burger. We, <laughs> burger. Love <it. laughs> we love it. Gerber. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's the best. And then, you know, till this day, you eat una compota de prunes, and you're good. You're, listen, it's you're good. good. It, it will do the job. You are good. It will do the job. Yeah. Anyway, bueno. Oye, mi gente, it's June, and that means the start of summer. La playa, vacation. And it's also National Dairy Month. Makes sense. Ice cream, milkshakes, cheese on your burger and the barbecue. Okay, I'm about to start drooling all over this microphone. <laughs> no, claro that you're drooling. Pretty much all those summer favorites are made with real Florida dairy products. Okay, so that means they're not only delicious, but also nutritious. And don't forget locally sourced. Okay, now I'm really looking forward to a Florida dairy summer. Bueno, in that case, visit floridamilk.com or lechedeflorida.com today for info on the benefits of dairy and more ways to enjoy dairy all year long. Also, don't forget to look for the number 12 under the sale by date on your gallon of milk. If it starts with a 12, it's Florida milk.
We're a little thirsty. We are a little thirsty. So, okay, so I mean, we're I, at the beach, so it's it's logical it, yeah. that we're thirsty. So I know I'm yes. going to get my last soda. Too. All right, go ahead. So I, I think that in, if you talk about a week in review, <laughs> you can't talk not talk about the survivors of the Colombian plane crash. Oh, that's true. Yes. This is remarkable. It's crazy. Absolutely remarkable. So for our listeners who don't know, um, well, it made the news story last week, but really this happened like two months ago. Yeah, yeah. There was, it was a small private plane. I, they didn't even make the news here in the Not United really. States because it happened in Colombia, but it was a small private plane that crashed in, in the middle of nowhere in the mountains of Colombia yeah. and... There was four people on board and a dog. The three adults died, but the four children survived. And the ages of the children were like 13, 14, all the way down to like a one-year-old. Yeah. Right? And then ages in between. And when they found the wreck, um, this happened forty over 40 days ago. When they found the wreck, they didn't. They found, unfortunately, the bodies of the parents. And now they find, after speaking to the kids, that the mom survived the plane crash. Oh, she did. But she died a few days later, which I don't. I don't know what's worse. Um, but the kids survived in the middle of the forest for forty over forty days yeah. until they were rescued. I mean, if that is not a miracle, I don't know what is. You know, like that is remarkable, absolutely remarkable. And I have to tell you that when it made the rounds of like the news um, last week, it was sort of nice. To hear that, despite yeah. it being such a tragedy, there was such you know this. It was a happy ending. There, it was a happy, well, sort of a happy ending, well, but you know, on a human scale, like oh my god, there's humanity left right. in terms of the interest that there was on this uh, th- this news story. So yeah. you know, sodas and refreshments. They need it to you. They need <laughs> they need to be refreshed. Yeah. They really really do. So um so so my last soda. I'm gonna give it um, again, as I mentioned. You know, we are still in the in the middle of June, which is Pride Month. Um, so I'm gonna continue my my trend of giving it to LGBTQIA+. I'm sorry if I missed any letters. Um, you know, members of the community. L-M-N-O-P. <laughs> Seriously, it's alphabet people. Um, I'm gonna give it to former um, former guest of the show, um, Phil Jimenez. Yes, he is a comic book artist, but he is you know one of I would say one of the first out comic book artist who you know just kind of was like look i am gay it is what it is and he's kind of become like the poster child for 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 gay comic book artists in in a in an interesting way like whenever there's a pride month it's always like bring in phil jimenez and let's have him interview for for the month um but he's done so much and won so many awards and and he really does you know just bang the drum for for the community in a way that is about bringing awareness without shoving it down your throat in a way. Um, you know, he, he just, he, he takes it from the perspective of like, look, it, it, I am who I am and this is what I am. And, and, and this is my appreciation. This is what I bring to the artistic table. And as someone who was a, f- a fan of his from way beyond we ever met, mm-hmm. um, you know, and to this day, actually we've still maintained a sort of relationship, you know, occasionally I'll, I'll DM him. I'll be like, Hey, how are you? And he'll, he'll get back to me. And he's just such a wonderfully nice person. And, you know, he, he's really earned his, his stripes, right. Yeah. In, in the artistic community, 
and and as really just an this activist. an activist he really is you know so i'm going to go ahead and give it to to phil for yeah. you know he for, was great he was he was one of our first of our like first. big yeah. guests yeah like with a huge following yeah and you know i i can't say i know too much about the comic wood book world but, but, so but it's the one conversation of those, it's one of those um one of those uh interviews when we do that i'm a little out of my element uh but i remember it was great and we had a great conversation i really enjoyed talking to him yeah. you know from the perspective of somebody who who doesn't wasn't know familiar right. with his work right um and he was just a great guy and it's sort of remarkable because he's he's still he's what in his 40s no he's in his 50s really yeah well that's a good 50 <laughs> yeah it's a good 50 yeah, uh, yeah. I, homeboy's jacked i yeah. thought he was like our yeah. age yeah um a i mean still relatively young that he you say was among the first or the yeah. first because yeah. you would think that in in an in industry like comic books like this would. This is not something that's taboo. This is not something. Yeah. He actually came out um, because his 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 partner at the time was Neil Posner, who was an editor at DC Comics, who died of AIDS, mm-hmm. and he came out in a letter column in right. all of the DC Comics at that month, saying, you know, this was my partner. This is you know who I am. So he basically like took the the opportunity of of Neil's death to come out. And right. and so, but you would have thought you would have thought that in, in an industry Correct. that's a lot more open minded and progressive, artistic, like, artistic right. like comic books, that this is something that has right. It's not really yeah. a, it's a it non issue, but at it was point. the '90s. It was right. '80s, '90s. Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. You know what? I forgot how long the '90s were. Right. That's the thing. So, it was a know, while. It was the a mi- '90s were ten years ago. <laughs> it was a minute ago. Yeah. It was a minute so, ago. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Bueno, everybody, that was our episode. We hope you enjoyed the scenery. Yes, look at look at look at all this behind us. Well, for those of you who are watching, <laughs> who are watching this, go to Instagram. Right, go to um, Instagram. But thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're gonna enjoy keep enjoying our time here at the beach. Absolutely. And for those of you who have not uh, gone to the beach yet, pa la playa todo yes, el mundo. Yes, go to the beach. Cuando calienta el sol, aquí en la playa. Na, 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 That's na, classic na. Luis Miguel. Yes. Well, I was going Mata Sanchez, but yes. Arena y Sol. Yeah. El Mar Azul. Yes. Oh, you know what's my, my beach jam? What? DNC. Yes, Cake by the Ocean. Ah, I keep on moving. Cake by... That song is so good. Which, you know, uh, Joe, if you're still in Miami... Come enjoy Bimbam Pollo. That song is so Come good. have our wings, So babe. good. So good. You're in the area. Come have the wings. Na, 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 bring na, na, bring Sophie Turner. My life. She's from, uh, what was she on, on Game of Thrones? She was Sophie Alex. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, Sansa. Yeah, bring Sansa. Na, na, Come on. Na, 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 what are you waiting I for? Keep on hoping. Cake by the ocean. Boom. <laughs> well, everybody, we hope you listen, laugh, and learn. And as always, remember to grab your pastelito, your croqueta, and your cafecito. Or in the case of your... the Or a piña colada. Or a piña colada, yeah. a mango smoothie, yes. or a good old cup of milk. There you go. A, a and, milkshake. Yes. yes. And thank you for joining us, everybody. Have a great weekend. Have a great summer. Cuídense, mi gente. Bye. Bye. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano, produced by Ismaeliano, and our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 